Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, I'm Holly Ransom, and welcome to the Virgin Disruptors podcast, a series of talks designed to inspire, provoke, and activate change in the world of business and beyond. We all are disruptors. And when you look at the history of mankind, we have been destroying, we have been killing, we have been forging and forming this planet. And now is the moment where we have to do it with focus. We have to do it with intention, with purpose. We have to know our impact. This week, we're disrupting for the good of the environment as we're joined by Cyril Gooch, founder of Parlay for the Oceans, a platform leading discussions about the impact we have on our world. Cyril is a passionate advocate for tackling environmental issues head on. And be it discussions about smart cities, sustainability, or ethical supply chains, his mission is to inspire individuals and businesses to get better at doing their bit. As an entrepreneur in his own right, with a background in design, Cyril has also released his own series of products from Ocean Waste, collaborating with brands like G-Star Raw and Adidas. Cyril's talk for me was an incredible call-out to all the creatives an unbelievable example of how he'd repurposed the design qualifications and capability he had to drive enormous impact on the environment. An all-round good guy and with a phenomenal amount of lessons to learn from. Let's hand it over to Cyril, live on stage at the Virgin Disruptors event in London. So, parlay. We started super small and... It was me meeting a guy, and I will not tell you the whole story because I told it already uh, often, and I'm going to speak now about one thing we're doing, and that's, okay, before I speak about that, I speak about something else. We are at war. That's super uplifting, I know, but the truth is we are. And if we succeed to fight, to battle our oceans, if we succeed to destroy, to disrupt, to disrupt the ecosystem on which we are so dependent, then we're going to die because we're going to not live on a planet with a dead sea. That's pretty much the intro. And we believe that you don't need another expert group. You don't need another smart environmental organization. What is needed right now is a bit of clue, is a bit of grout, because all the tiles, all the knowledge, all the groups, all the people are there. We made it so far. It's great. In the last 50 years, we have mastered this planet. We have mastered ourselves. We are so good, and we nearly killed it all. So it's the moment I feel that we are sitting at this edge and we are about to fall into this big black or whatever hole. And it's a beautiful moment because it's a lot of tension and there's a lot of pressure. And that's what we need. That's what we need to actually make the next big step. And collaboration is the formula. And I'm going to give you some little examples of what we are facing and how one little problem can be solved. Behind every environmental problem we are looking at now, 
behind all these issues that are threatening our oceans, I'm only talking about the sea here, there is a faulty, an old-school, exploitative business model, and it's pretty much up to us creatives, myself, the creative community, to change that, because first, I'm a designer, I can't like, run around and tell other people what to do, I have to start with myself, the man in the mirror, and we creatives, we design everything. We come up with the technologies, and I include the scientists. We come up with the, with the beautiful design. We seduce people, and we, we kind of make brands. We make individuals, celebrities, or politicians reach masses. And it's up to us to come up with a new design concept, to kind of change what brought us here, what brought us to this moment. We can, we can run around now with like this amazing holo madness, crazy classes, and can very soon explore a future that we probably never ever met in person. Our past, nature, all these beautiful animals, plants, going down, di diving into the magic blue universe, this will live in a museum very soon, forever. will be stored and locked away in glasses. And that's what we try to avoid at Palais a bit. So the problem is um, environmentalism, and a lot of my friends from the environmental um, movement say, okay, we failed. We were not fast enough, we were not strong enough, we were not seductive enough, whatever. The truth is this. What we learned very hard at Palais in the beginning was that you can be so good with your presentations. Your films can like, create all these like, rivers of tears. The truth is this. If you walk out of a, of a talk, if you walk out of a meeting, you, it will all the bad news will fade away. And the truth is we need to make business. We want to live. We want to make business. Money is energy. And it's sad, but the tr I don't, and we don't see another way of saving the oceans, saving our planet by making it a very good business. And there is a reason why this is not just a statement from a guy with long hair and glasses. This is, there is a trend. And the last big trend that changed it all was digital. It disrupted. It, it was kind of the big wave. And now there is a new trend, which is in us, which we all feel. It's, if you just take a moment, sit in a the corner, then you know the planet is fucked. <laughs> you know, there is no, not even a dis, this debate possible anymore. And since 2015, COP21, some people signed some papers. It doesn't mean so much, but it means one thing. We all agree the planet is fucked. So this is a big opportunity for brands. Because very soon, we will hit the wall. Very soon, we will see that there's no way around it. We will have to change things. So at this point, and you see already, and we feel at a Palais, that people are moving towards solutions, true solutions, not like stuff that pretends to be a solution. Um, there is a big, huge moment for everybody who is ready for this next chapter. And we call it eco-innovation. And there's a deadline to it. 2048, a smart guy, Dr. Boris Worm and his um, partner, Ben Halpern, they came up with a timeline. They said, if you keep taking fish out of the sea, if you promote and, and continue with that concept of taking and like diving into this endless supply and taking it all out, killing it all, eating it all, polluting it all, they were actually only speaking about fishing, then by 2048, our oceans will be dead, which you probably don't give a damn about. But it is drastic, because every second breath you're taking here, right now, in this room, and it sounds logic because you're close to the sea, but also in the Alps, is generated by the oceans. So with the Dead Sea, we will not have the chemistry, we will not have this environment that we need to be here. 
So it's pretty urgent. And 2048 was extremely positive. We learned, and we are working now with NASA and a lot of experts and marine biologists and scientists, and when you look at all these influences, all these disruptive forces we are unleashing on the sea, pollution, overfishing, illegal fishing, um, global warming, acidification, all these wonderful magic things we are creating, then you're looking not at 2048 at the deadline, we are looking at the next 10 years. We have 10 years left to turn this around. And that's something positive because it's, I feel that's something we can achieve or we fail, but it's in our lifetime. We can't push it away, you know? So it's a creative challenge. And what we at Palais did, we focused on plastic pollution because we felt this is something that we can relate to everybody because it is in everybody's life. You have these forks everywhere, you have cups everywhere. You are, we are plastic addicts, we live on that stuff. And that's something you, I, everybody can pretty much end overnight if we decide to do so. So we felt that's a good challenge. We should start with that. That's a river in India. Um, that's a discarded fishnet or a lost fishnet. And there are no islands out there. No, there is not a plastic continent, but there is a high level of plastic pollution in the sea. It accumulates everywhere. And to date, it's a really sad situation, but you have whales dying, you have birds ingesting all that stuff if they live in unfortunate situations where all that crap washes up. You have like turtles growing up with six pack holders around their neck. And you even, have, you even find plastic in uh, zooplankton and in people. It's everywhere, we plasticize this planet. And so there is for us no way out, no other option, no alternative in a way. We have to end plastic pollution, which means, end of the day, we have to accept that this material that we use like in every minute of our life, that we drink and we, we consume for five minutes, two minutes, and then we toss it away, and it stays forever on this planet, and every piece of plastic ever made is still with us in different forms. So we have to accept that this is the superstar failure. We made it. We created this celebrity of downfall. Plastic is a problem. So if you have a problem, you redesign it. You, crea you create solutions. You end it. So the ultimate super long shot, the moonshot, is we have to end using plastic. We have to reinvent plastic. We have to get out of this mess. But the little step in between, the first, first, first step for every addict, the addict that we are, is a replacement truck. That's methadone. And you also have to kind of, and we have that already. We produced all that material. It's out there. It's everywhere. And we are so bad in recycling, we are so bad in harnessing it. So the little step in between, not the solution, but the little step in between for us at Palais is we have to end using virgin, sorry for the name, um, new plastic, they call it virgin, it's kind of weird. We should rename that, we should say the recycling material is virgin or something else is virgin. Yeah, I'm not coming out of this virgin thing right now. <laughs> <laughs> so end using plastic, new plastic and go for recycling material. And this needs a good story because recycling is down. The oil press is pushing it into the basement. And let's go back to this one little line here. Every second breath we are taking is generated by the sea, air. So even if you don't like fish, even if you want these whales to die, you need that air. You need that air more than the sushi. You're listening to the Virgin Disruptors podcast. This week featuring Cyril Gooch from Parley for the Oceans. I think it was fantastic that we had such a powerful advocate for the environment taking the stage at Virgin Disruptors. 
is a really challenging conversation being presented with such alarming information about where our environment is at and also where it's heading within a 10-year horizon. I love that in this conversation, Cyril introduced us to new language, talking about the idea of eco-innovation and saying that sustainability wasn't sexy enough. We needed to find a new way to make everyone want to engage in being part of environmental change. Before we head back to the auditorium and rejoin Cyril live at this year's Virgin Disruptors event in London, let's have a quick listen to an interview we did with him backstage. We all are disruptors. And when you look at the history of mankind in the last 50 years, we have been destroying, we have been killing, we have been forging and forming this planet. And now is the moment where we have to do it with focus. We have to do it with intention, with purpose. We have to know our impact. It's not anymore that we are surviving on this planet. We are altering it. And a disruptor, for me, is somebody who is using his power, his influence, to change the way we live on this planet. There is so much fear and also all these little problems that kind of hinder you, that stop you, that block you of changing things, of disrupting your life or the life of others or your profession or whatever surrounds you. And I think a big reason why people are not disrupting is that they take everything for given. They understand everything as a standard. And first, you have to learn and to see that what surrounds you is designed by mankind. So you can question it, you can redesign it, and that needs a little bit of balls. Disruption isn't something nice and lovely that you can do and just hope that everybody loves you for that. It's the opposite. You annoy, you demand, you confront. It's a conflict. And in a creative sense, it means for me, destroying an existing infrastructure, destroying a surface, going deeper and taking away what was there before. And of course, there's a lot of anxiety, a lot of like movement against you if you're doing that because you're actually endangering, you're actually attacking values. And often this costs money. So you will not be loved right away. You will only be loved if you can replace what you destroyed with something more valuable. You could call out some individuals and call them their famous, glamorous, glorious disruptors. And of course, you would name a Steve Jobs. And, but you could also come with some very bad examples. The truth is this. Mankind as a species had been so disruptive and so efficient in killing and destroying. And I think the power is really in us as a group. And the power is in us as a hopefully soon collaborative network of extremely high talented people. We came so far, we have it all. We have all these skills acquired. And now it's the moment where we move away from the idea of throw away, of taking everything what you can, of like only thinking in a moment. It's this one opportunity in time where mankind decides to either go down and go to extinction or to start a total new culture. We'd love to hear if Cyril has inspired you to make changes in your own life or in your own business. You can get in touch and join the conversation using the hashtag Virgin Disruptors on Twitter. But now, let's return to the auditorium and rejoin Cyril live at this year's Virgin Disruptors event in London. So we came up with a strategy, super simple, because if you want to go big, if you want to go small, if you want to go everywhere, you have to start primitively simple. Avoid intercept, redesign air. Avoid plastic wherever possible, opt out. As a private person, as a consumer, at home, whatever. Or as a, as a professional when you're designing a new airplane, a car, or 
lids, you know? You can avoid that as a, you can just go out there to Starbucks and convince them that they're giving you a cup without a plastic lid. They will probably not do it because it's so risky, you could burn yourself. And you can win that battle, but you can also go home and just come up with a new material if you, by chance or by accident, the designer of that stuff. But then you have to, if you can't avoid it, you have to own your own trash. You have to be responsible for what you put out there, for the shoes you create, for the packaging you create, for the milk packaging that you're using at school or at your office. So I think owning your own trash is the most, and the first step that we can all do. We just own our trash. We just deal with our trash. And then, of course, if you have some extra spare time, we retrieve it from nature. And I think this is actually a good moment, but I'm going to wait a second. Reinvent materials, redesign is the king's discipline. It's the ultimate super goal. We want to kind of reverse this problem. We don't want to look like the people who brought plastic to this planet and left it there. And then 100 years and 1,000 years, they still find fossils where kind of all these little yogurt cups kind of melt together with like all these toys and forks and an old Xbox. We don't want that. So let's create and reinvent. Let's change the production lines and let's do that. And here's a little bit of how we are doing it and how we are starting it, but we can't do it alone because, again, it's all about collaboration. You're all invited. I'm here to recruit you. The creative communities are in our community. The environmentalists are there, the brands, and since two weeks, also the governments. And what Palais does is we focus on education, communication, on direct action to get our hands dirty, our feet wet, and on research and development and on innovation. It's four pillars. And we talk a lot. You know, we have these talks where, like here, we speak to people who can actually have influence on this, in this subject. And these talks are great, and it's amazing to have smart people in a room, but it's also highly frustrating that nothing comes out of it often. It's just like it's a beginning. Talk and conversation is great, but we want to kind of bring it to life. So we sit down with smart people, with scientists from NASA, from whatever, and we develop things. And then we felt like, oh yeah, we came up with that AI strategy, we have a lot of solutions, but we can't like, I mean, you can't change the United States, you can't change Europe right away, it's so complicated. We have to kind of make a little sidestep. Yes, we agree, we have to save the oceans, but it's a big thing, so let's do something smaller, and let's just save whatever, it's just tackle ocean plastic, oh, it's still big. Let's do something really, really small, and just do that in small countries. Sounds good, small countries, small island states. So what we did is we started with the Maldives. We said, okay, let's end plastic pollution in the Maldives. And then we said, okay, that's cool, but probably we should start with all these Maldives countries. So we signed up, or we won 38 countries, the so-called small island development states, as our first partners. And they're like paradise. They're like these places where you feel this is the last resort. That's where you can withdraw to. The truth is, they are in the front line of disaster. The most beautiful places on this planet are the, place, the places that actually experience our horror, the madness we created firsthand. The climate change effects are hitting in, the water is warming up, coral reefs are bleaching, the animals are dying, plastic is all over and washing up, self-inflicted or coming from outside, and they are just like our little lab rats in a way. Yeah? And so we felt, okay, we have to send our people there. We have to kind of educate our people. We have to get them underwater. We have to get them wet and get these people in these companies, in these other, I would say, um, organizations that make decisions so far away from the actual playground. Get them to understand what the consequence of their actions is. 
And that's what we did, and I could talk an hour about that, and I love it a lot. But end of the day, what we learned is that even the kids, even the people that live in these countries, don't know what's going on. They don't know the oceans. And JAWS, that didn't make it more attractive to them. So get them out there. Get them wet. And you see how hesitant they often are. They're like, they just don't know this element. It's so foreign. It's so far. that these, these animals down there, they don't even have legs. You know, what can you do? <laughs> they don't speak. They don't bark. And they don't even feel, do they? So that is the first step. You want to dive in. You want to connect people. And then you understand why you should. Once you have that love for the sea, once you have that beauty in you, you understand why you should actually do something and not use these beaches as dump sites and not create more and more of that trash. So I could, and what we do is, I mean, we go to these countries, we go in, we educate, we help, but we also intercept. We get this plastic off the beaches. We intercept it in communities. We get it from the reefs. We toss out these ghost nets that kind of keep killing discarded fish nets that keep killing fish without purpose. And we are defined this idea. We said, this is not cool enough. We, there's a problem. It's so huge. There's no motivation in a way. People are not buying in. It's this ugly homework you never want to do. So we renamed marine plastic pollution into ocean plastic. And we thought, OK, there's a first step. But kind of can reward all these people that spent their afternoons or days on these beaches cleaning up. We have to find value in that. We have to bring it back to them. And this is what we did. We kind of first we killed the idea of sustainability. It's super boring. Um, it should be eco-innovation. You know, nobody wants to be sustainable. You, know? you don't want that. You want to go forward, next, future. So sustainability needs to go. Eco-innovation is the way. And marine litter, boring. Let's call it ocean plastic. And let's create amazing stories. And let's find ways. So this was, a, was an interception of a partner, Sea Shepherd. They found this illegal fishing vessel. The guy sank himself because he was scared. And he left behind a 72-ton illegal gill net, which we took and turned it into a shoe. Because we felt something very negative can be something very positive. There is an opportunity in every failure. And it could promote recycling. It could promote this little step that we need right now. And it could make it more attractive to use material that nobody else wants to use anymore, because it's so expensive to process. And then we went, oh, the most important point, actually, we created this shoe. Now, right away, I mean, we signed the contract after two years of negotiating with Adidas. We said, and they become like our ocean champion. We changed pretty much together everything what they do when it comes to production. And we said, we need this flag. And it's so, when you look at conferences, when you look at environmental organizations and, and their communication, it's so lame often. That you, nobody wants to talk about it, you know? It's not going anywhere. And we felt like this could be our flag. We could create products, and they could go anywhere. This shoe made 7.2 billion eyeballs in 100 countries with no marketing budget behind it. And it told the story of ocean plastic pollution in a totally different way, as a solution, as a positive thing. And that's something we can now do with pretty much everyone, because we followed the concept, took another half a year, and optimized our, now we call it supply chain. We are an environmental organization, but we have a supply chain. So this green stuff is fishnet. The white stuff is like yogurt. No, it's actually PT water bottles that you find on beaches and stuff. So we found, we kind of created this life threat concept, that you can like put this stuff everywhere instead of new virgin plastic. And by using that material, you can actually fund our overall concept. You can fund education in these countries. You can fund campaigns and so on. 
And so far, we have like 241 creators, lots of NGOs, lots of brands, lots of countries, and lots of kids that kind of support that. And we have 10 years. And the question is now, what are you doing in these 10 years? You know, are you ignoring the problem? Are you coming to us and we do something together? And how can you today opt out of whatever is offered to you? And that's the first little step that you can do, actually. You can just say, you know what? I'm not using plastic. I'm just not using that thing. It's bad for me. It's bad for the environment. It lives forever. Why would I use an ugly little plastic cup that stays 10, whatever, 100, whatever, 10,000 years probably on this planet? So that's my little story. Thank you so much. Cyril Gooch, disruptive thinker and founder of Parlay for the Oceans, speaking live at the Virgin Disruptors event. And I think there are takeaways for all of us there. Whatever your role in business or in life, we can all be doing more to protect and preserve our planet. Remember, if you want to find out more about Virgin Disruptors or check out some of our previous episodes, you can head to virgin.com for all of the latest. Coming up next on the Virgin Disruptors podcast, we'll be discussing the future of virtual and augmented reality and how this will change our interaction with the world. That's with guru Daniel Cheatham, Chief Interactive Officer at globally acclaimed tech and content company Happy Finish. A sneak preview of what he has to say about disruption coming up in just a second. But for now, from me, Holly Ransom, and all of the Virgin Disruptors team, goodbye. <laughs> Is disruption bullshit? Um, I guess not, because it happens. Um, what's disruption really about? I guess it's about personal endeavour. It's about being willing to take some risks and evolve. I think it is easier for small businesses to disrupt the market because they tend to be more agile, more fleet of foot, and able to stay up and abreast of new developments, particularly in technology, that will help them move faster. The key is to invest in young talent, invest in people who have that youthful abandon, people who are willing to fail and learn. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Fast.